I can tell you that when it comes to when it comes to summer camp, what's more important than the camp is the people that go with the kids. The counselors and the youth pastors and the volunteers. And uh, it's a good opportunity for kids to go uh, this summer. So if you have a heart for helping some of the Church of the Palms young people grow in their faith, it's a great way to help. So thank you, Jeff. I'm excited about having you here. I can't wait for you to buy me lunch this week. That's going to be fun. So um, <clears throat> bring up the... Uh, yes, <laughs> bring up... All right. Uh, what I do each week is I try to come up with the most offensive sermon title I can think of. And that's the one I pick, okay? So uh, this week is that a pimple. And the reason I'm saying that is because the concept that's, that's put together in James chapter 1, verses 22 to 27, is James says that, you know, basically, sometimes when people look into a mirror and they see what their issue is and they see what their natural man is, but then they leave and they go away and they don't really do anything to fix it. This comes on the heels of what we were just talking about last week in James chapter 1 all the way up through verse uh, 21. Remember we talked about the filthiness and overflow of wickedness? And the very last thought that I left you with was, wouldn't it be great if when the heat is turned up in your life, wouldn't it be great if instead of the filthiness and overflow that comes out, it would be the implanted word of God. Do you guys remember that? It was the very last thing I said. Wouldn't it be awesome is if when, when, the, when the world turns up the heat, instead of the filthiness and the overflow coming out, it would be the implanted word of God which is able to save your souls, that that would be what comes out. And I use the illustration of milk, right, in a pot. When you put it on the stove and you turn it on high and you walk away, the milk burns and burns over and causes a great mess. That's the overflow. Wouldn't it be great if the heat, when it's turned up, had what was inside come out, which is the implanted Word of God? That's what James chapter 1, verse 22 to 27 is about. <clears throat> I'm going to read this passage to you. So I'm going to start in verse 21, then go to verse 22. It says, Therefore put aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness, and with meekness receive the implanted word of God, which is able to save your souls. That was what we talked about last week. Now verse 22. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and then goes away at once, forgets what he is like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, and by the way, the word law and word, they're simultaneously used. They're, in, they're interchangeably used by James all throughout the book. So when you see law, it's talking about the implanted word. Same thing. But he who looks into the law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. If anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue but deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless, harsh, harsh. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. Fascinating stuff in verse 27 we're going to get to in a little bit. But the first thing I want you to see is that religion is like a mirror with just a little makeup. 
That's what religion is. And he's talking about the, the, the worthless religion, right? There's two types of religions that James is talking about. He's talking about the pure one, and he's talking about the worthless, worthless one. The first concept I want you to see is that religion without works is really just like a mirror with a little bit of makeup. You go, you see the problem, and I would say to you that it's really just a focus on the surface. See, we're really good at that as evangelical Christians, aren't we? We're really good at focusing on the surface. I'd say 75% of you look pretty clean this morning. They're looking to the side. You're the 25. You're the 25. You're the 25. But we're really good as church people at focusing on the surface. We got our Jesus fish bumper sticker. We got our daily bread devotionals. We even got a scripture verse magnet on our refrigerator. We've got our Michael, and if you're over 50, you got a Michael W. Smith CD in the car. But there's a focus on the surface that he's talking about here. And he says the benefits are very short-lived. He says, if you go and you look in a mirror, you see the natural man, but right away when you leave, you forget who you are, what the problems are. The benefits of religion, the worthless religion, is it's focused on the surface and the benefits are very short-lived. At once, he forgets. And I feel like that part of the challenge that we have not just here in the garden or at Church of the Palms, but at the church in general, okay? Part of the challenge that we have is this. We are very comfortable and very content at forgetting right away. We come and we hear a sermon, we're in earshot of the implanted word of truth, and somehow we see the natural man, we know what the issues are, but we leave and right away we forget. But faith... True religion is surgical. So worthless religion is surfacy, right? It's like a mirror with bad makeup. Its benefits are short-lived. But the implanted word of truth is surgical. The whole idea of implanted means it's deep inside. The implanted word of truth. The look is deeper. See, when you are a doer of the word... When you hear things like this series on the book of James or when you hear other things, what happens is if you're a doer of the word, you don't just don't see the surface aspects of the truth. The truth begins to pierce your heart and it has a huge, sometimes emotional impact. It has an intellectual impact. It has a spiritual impact. It has a social impact. It impacts you in many different ways. I talked about this during the Advent Effect. I talked about how the revelation of God meets us on many levels, right? That we talked about that. And when the implanted word of truth is applied to a doer, the impact is deep and on multiple levels. And the effects persist. And there's no forgetting. You know what this is? This is one of the verses where we have, in, in the theology of Reformed theology, we have this idea of perseverance of the saints. Because he even uses the word, but he who does the word and perseveres. And the concept that we have here is this, that when the implanted word of truth impacts the life of a believer, the look is deep and the effect is long lasting. It's not something you just look at the mirror just for a second. Oh, I've got a pimple. I got to take care of that. Then you walk away. But the implanted word of truth has a persistent effect on how we think, 
how we act, who we are, how we respond when the heat is turned up, all of these things. Even on a bad day, when the heat is turned up, right? You guys see what I'm saying here, right? Because if, if we're just hearers of the word, then when a bad day comes, what's going to come out? Filthiness, overflow of wickedness. Filthiness, overflow of wickedness. And every once in a while, we'll run in front of the mirror of religion and we'll try to wipe off a little bit of the filthiness, right? Because we're concerned about the surface. And so we use religion to wipe off the filth, but it's still going to flow out. But when the implanted word of God is in you and the heat is turned up, the effect is persistent. And a bad day, remember we talked about a bad day last week? A bad day is not going to change what the implanted word is doing. And then the last part, this is a very, it's one word, but it's very intense. It's very complicated. He says, but he who is a doer of the word looks into the perfect law of liberty, not being just a hearer, but a doer. He is blessed in his doing, not by his doing. I want to make sure you understand very clearly. When I did this, this um, introduction to the book of James, I explained using the Sermon on the Mount the fact that we cannot earn our righteousness through works. And we understand that, right? And this is another example. He doesn't say you're best blessed by the doing. It's a completely different word. You're blessed in your doing. The concept is the doing is part of the blessing. The doing doesn't bring the blessing. Does that make sense? The doing is part of the blessing. When you have the implanted word of truth, when the heat is turned up, the doing is natural and you're blessed in it, not by it, not because of it. Do we understand? And that also goes to the fact that I shared with you guys a few weeks ago, our sanctification process, our setting apart process, is the same as our faith process. It's nothing to do with how good we are. It's part of what God is doing through the implanted word of truth. That's why we have to love trials. Because when the heat is turned up, if the word has been implanted in us, what happens? It overflows. Without heat, there's no flow. And so we have to make sure that we understand that when a person is a, is a doer and not just a hearer and he doesn't forget, but when the heat is turned up, he is blessed in his doing. It's part of the blessing. It's part of the work of the implanted word of truth. You're not blessed because you're doing good. You're blessed in your doing. Now that might be a little bit of, we got that concept. It's very important for you to understand that. Then I want to look at the religious overflow versus the faith overflow. The tongue is the tell. We talked about this last week, right? The filthiness and overflow of wickedness. The first thing to go is the tongue, <laughs> right? I used the example of Tamiami Trail last week. The first thing to go on the trail is what? The tongue, then the horn, then the gestures. That's, that's, that's the order. <laughs> when I'm watching a football game and the ref clearly blows a call, <clears throat> the first thing to go is the tongue. When your spouse gets into an argument with you, and they do something 
that makes you angry, the first thing to go is what? The tongue. When you have a discussion about politics, the first thing to go is the tongue. <clears throat> when somebody offends you with their tongue, what's the first thing to go? So the very first place that we look to find out what are over, because there is overflow one way or the other. James is not saying that there shouldn't be any overflow because there will be. When the heat is turned up, what's inside the pot comes out. And so the first thing to go, the first tell about whether or not you have worthless religion or true religion is the tongue. It's not the only tell, but it's the first one. And then what we realize is that religious mirror, the one that we go to every so often to wipe off the filth that keeps overflowing, right? And that's what a lot of people use religion for these days, unfortunately. They use it to wipe off the filthiness and overflow of wickedness that's all over their mouth. That's what it's for. And the scripture says it's worthless. You see... You just throw in a little bit of discipline and religion can look really good, can't it? Am I right? Just throw in a little bit of discipline. I pray every day. I do my devotions. I tithe. I have a Sunday school pin. That's from my Baptist days. I apologize for that. And you see what happens? It can look pretty good on the surface. But when you're confronted by truth, you immediately forget when you walk away and the filthiness and overflow of wickedness continues to come. But here's the exciting part. The faith overflow allows you to get dirty while staying clean. Let me explain. Look what he says in verse 27. If you have a Bible, you can look at it. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit the orphans and the widows in their affliction, and to keep oneself unstained from the world. See, James doesn't just throw the orphans and the widows in there randomly. You have to understand the social construct of what's going on in this passage. See, every passage has three applications. There's the historical, what's going on with man. There's the theological, what's going on with God. And then there's the devotional, what should be going on with me? And so to really understand is that when I look at James and I start trying to break it down for you, I have to look at all three applications of that scripture. And historically, did you know there were no such things as orphanages until about 500 AD? They were started by the church. So if you were an orphan, you were a street person with no money, in the muck, in the mire. You were probably one of the most filthiest people in society. And widows who had no husband or no father or anything, no money, same way. And so what James does, and I did some historical research on this, and I was amazed at just what kind of scourge that the orphans in those days had to deal with. And what James says is, but true religion is this, you get dirty without getting stained. You see that? You see what I'm saying here? He says, true religion is this, to deal with and visit with the dirtiest, lowest part of society without being stained by the world. And see, the stain doesn't come from getting dirty. The stain comes from what? The filthiness and overflow of what? 
wickedness. And what James says is if you have true religion, if you're not just a hearer, but you're a doer as well, you're somebody that doesn't just go to the mirror for a minute and then forgets when he walks away. But if you have true religion, when the heat is turned up, the overflow is you get dirty. The good works come in. Instead of spewing forth at the mouth with anger and resentment and filthiness, what happens is you respond by the implanted word of truth boiling over inside and out. It's interesting, isn't it? Later on, he says, can a fountain bring forth both sweet water and bitter? Right? He says that in the next passage. We're going to be talking about that. He's talking about an overflow. You see, context is king, isn't it? You start looking at how James built this case one brick after another, and it becomes pretty clear what he's doing. He's removing all loopholes. You think you're religious? He even says that. If any man thinks he's religious... And he doesn't do anything, his religion is what? Worthless. So now, you notice he mentions two dirty scenes, right? There's the filthiness that comes from within, and the filthiness you get involved with without being stained by the world. You see how he does that? The first week it was a sun sandwich, right? Last week it was a humble sandwich. This week it's a filth sandwich. You see how James does that? It's not, it's not by mistake. That's the way James writes through the whole book. Boom, boom. Boom, boom. Boom, boom. He does this time after time after time. He is drawing a contrast between religion that deceives us into thinking it's okay, that it's clean, when all we're really doing is wiping away the filth from around our lips. And true religion that gets dirty, but avoids the overflow and the stain. Now, I want you to be quiet, and I want you to be hearers. And then I'm hoping that there's implanted word in your hearts, and you'll become doers. I'm going to read some passages to you, okay? Just going to read them. Just listen. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Matthew 7, 21. Matthew 7, 24. Therefore, everyone who hears the words of mine and acts on them may be compared to a wise man who built his house on a rock. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and slammed against the house, yet it did not fall, for it had been founded on the rock. Perseverance. Heat turned up. Perseverance. Everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them, he will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain fell, the floods came, the winds blew, slammed against that house, and it fell, and the fall was tragic. Matthew 7, 24. Here's Psalm 19, verse 7. The law of the Lord is perfect. Restoring the soul. Receive the implanted word of God, which is able to what? Save your souls. Luke 6, 46. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and you don't do what I say? Hear, not a doer. Keep those in mind. Let me read you our passage again. 
Therefore, putting aside all filthiness and all the overflow of wickedness, in humility, receive the implanted word of truth, which is able to save your souls. But prove yourselves doers of the word and not merely merely hearers who deceive yourselves into thinking you're clean. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is a man who looks at his natural face in a mirror. For once he has looked at himself and gone away, he has immediately forgotten what kind of person he is. But one who looks intently at the perfect law, the law of liberty, and abides by it, not having become a forgetful hearer, but an effective doer, that man is blessed in, not by, what he does. <clears throat> How you feeling? Seriously, I mean, this is harsh stuff. Are you in earshot of the word this morning? I mean, you made the effort to get up. Are you here just to ease your conscience? Maybe wipe away a little bit of the filth from around your lips? The overflow of wickedness? Maybe it's stained and run down your shirt. You got to get a new shirt on. And then you're going to just turn, greet me at the back and walk away, forgetting the issues? There's nothing wrong with country clubs. But if that's your only focus during the week, you're not getting dirty. Are you in earshot of the word just to ease your conscience? Or are you looking to get broken, crushed, heated up, humbled, transformed, maybe even a little dirty without being stained? I think that We have to recognize that just as filth overflows from depravity, righteousness and obedience from faith that comes from the implanted word overflows. While worthless religion is designed to help your conscience for just a moment, the implanted word of truth is designed to humble you, to break you, to test you, Why did he say that? Count it all joy when you fall into different trials. Remember he said that? And it's designed to transform you. Count it joy. When the heat causes true religion to overflow instead of filth and wickedness. If your faith never leads you to the things that are dirty then you're just surface clean. Does that make sense? Because your faith, when the heat is turned up, should give you a passion for the things in the world that are the most hurt, like orphans, the widows. The last thing I'll share with you is this. I feel, and understand, when I say this, I'm not trying to make Jeff's job any harder. But it might, Jeff, I apologize. After being a youth pastor for 25 years, I always had this struggle. 
My heart always seemed to gravitate toward the kids. Maybe they weren't orphans, but their dads really were horrible. They, they struggled. And my heart always seemed to gravitate toward them, so much so that it often created tension in my ministry. Huge tension. Because I'm working in a church. My salary comes from the tithes of those who are faithfully giving. And the expectation is, shepherd our kids. Which is a reasonable request. But I always struggled with it. You know? Because every time ministry heat turned up, my first reaction was, I wanted to run to the kids that I knew that were hurting the most. And it would create this this tension between church folk, Pastor Joe, and kids who would never go to church. And I always struggled with this, you know? Not that I shouldn't be doing this part of it. Certainly, church kids, and and they need to be loved and mentored and cared. All that stuff is true. But my heart continued to always run toward the kids who were the most hurtful, the most struggling. And my greatest passion was, why can't the church just embrace the fact that they need to love these kids as much as they love their own? But the fear was this. Those kids are going to get our kids dirty. Yeah! But if your kids have the implanted word of truth, they're not stained by it. Because I have absolute confidence. If God has saved a young person, when the heat is turned up, what's going to come out? Righteousness. Not filthiness and overflow of wickedness. And what the scripture says is this. If you have the true implanted word of truth, you will get dirty visiting the orphans. But you will not be stained. Filthiness. Overflow of wickedness. 